Alpha and Omega, the story we find ourselves in. Chapter 8, The King's People Divide and Descend to Disaster. For 40 years under King Solomon, the kingdom of Israel had enjoyed unity, peace, and prosperity. But there were cracks under the surface caused by two issues, one spiritual and one governmental. Spiritually, Solomon's marriages to foreign wives and his toleration for idolatry was trickling down to the people and leading Israel to break one of the fundamental commitments of their covenant with God. Even before Solomon's death, the Lord promised that judgment was coming for this idolatry and that the kingdom would be torn apart. Governmentally, Solomon was using harsh, conscripted labor to complete his building projects, and there was growing resentment among the people over that. At Solomon's death, the kingdom divided into a northern kingdom, known as Israel, and a southern kingdom, known as Judah. Jeroboam, over Israel, and Rehoboam, over Judah, were the leaders of the division of the kingdom of Israel. Jeroboam, who had been in charge of the forced labor for Solomon, was told by a prophet of God that he would take Solomon's throne and rule over ten of the original twelve tribes of Israel. Solomon knew this and sought to kill Jeroboam, who then fled to Egypt. While he was away, Solomon died, and his son Rehoboam was to be installed as king in Jerusalem. But when wise leaders asked Rehoboam to lighten the burden of conscripted labor on the people, He listened instead to his younger peers and not only foolishly refused, but actually made higher demands of the people, harsher demands of the people. In response, the northern tribes went home and named Jeroboam, who had returned from Egypt, as their king. This left Rehoboam to rule only over the southernmost tribe, Judah. Jeroboam immediately made a decision that would set the trajectory for Israel moving forward. Jerusalem and the temple of God were in Judah, in the south. He feared that if the people of Israel kept returning there to worship God, their loyalty would turn to Rehoboam. So, Jeroboam built two alternative places to worship closer to their homes in Israel, each with a golden calf. It's like the people around Sinai. He appointed priests who were not of Aaron's line and designed festivals that mimic the worship calendar at the temple in Jerusalem. This brought a declaration of judgment against Jeroboam and Israel from the very same prophet who had told him he would reign in Solomon's place. At the same time, Rehoboam allowed the people of Judah, who were closest to Jerusalem and the temple, to build high places and to practice godless worship of pagan gods. So under the ungodly leadership of Jeroboam and Rehoboam, within less than half a generation, both the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah had been spiritually compromised and were entering a death spiral. Let's take some time out for some context. The narrative of the Old Testament from this point is of the overlapping tales of Israel and Judah. Their loyalty and rebellions, their faithfulness and apostasies, their victories and defeats, their good and wicked kings, and the prophets who addressed them, and their eventual collapse, defeat, exile, and return. But all along, God's greater story of rescue by a promised Messiah is advancing under his sovereign hand. Both nations follow the leadership of and are shaped by their relationship with kings, that's the governmental military leaders of the people of Judah and Israel, and the prophets, 
the bearers of God's message to the people of Judah and Israel and their leaders. As the record of the kings unfolds, each of the kings, there's 20 from Judah and Israel, is identified as being either faithful, he did what was right in the eyes of God, or wicked, he did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord. Since the kingship often followed family lines, it was not unusual for one evil king to follow another. More rarely, a faithful son would follow a wicked father, and was often at the center of a national revival. The record and actions of some kings is given in great detail. Others are covered in a few lines or two. Most in in a summary statements that point to some historical archive where the record of their reign can be reviewed. The prophets were sent by God with a message from God to specific kings and the people in the kingdom they led. So like the kings, there are prophets to Judah and prophets to Israel. It is crucial to remember that the book order in our English Bibles does not reflect the chronology of the story. The prophets are entwined with the narratives of Israel and Judah. There have been prophets before, Moses and Samuel, for instance. But it had been so long since they had been part of Israel's faith life that when the prophets emerge in this part of the biblical story, they have unique power. Prophets are not solely foretellers who speak to reveal future events. They are forth-tellers who bring forth the word of holy God to address the specific circumstances of a specific people in a specific time. That's why we often hear them say, thus says the Lord. It is also true that their message for the present often had future meaning. Many, if not most of the messianic prophecies about Jesus also had present-day application for God's people. So there are writing prophets whose messages we have in our Bibles and non-writing prophets like Nathan, Elijah, and Elisha who are no less important. Among the writing prophets, some have been designated as major Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and others as minor, merely on the length or brevity of their written message. It is not a qualitative designation of their prophets, prophecies. Following the death of Jeroboam, a series of wicked kings led Israel to continue their idolatry and sin against God. God's prophets often confronted them. Elijah the prophet who called Israel to faithfulness and came to represent all the Old Testament prophets, confronted Ahab and Jezebel, a wicked king of Israel and his pagan wife, who promoted idolatry. The Bible says Ahab did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, than all the kings of Israel who were before him. He and Jezebel pursued and promoted the worship of Baal and Asherah, pagan deities of fertility. Theirs was a brazen and public apostasy that affected every area of the nation's life. In response, Elijah declared that a drought would come as God's judgment on the people, on the nation, and it did. Of course, Ahab sought to kill Elijah in response, but the Lord hid Elijah away and provided his every need for three years. After three years of drought, Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel and called Israel to choose their God. He called for Ahab and Jezebel, the 850 prophets of Baal, and all the people of Israel to meet him on Mount Carmel. He challenged the people of Israel to stop trying to have it both ways, but to decide once and for all if Yahweh or Baal was the true God. He prepared a sacrifice of bulls, but lit no fire under it. 
The prophets of Baal and Elijah were each to call on their deity to consume the offering with and the one with fire, and the one who answered was the true God. The prophets of Baal called out all day with increasing intensity, even cutting themselves with stones to prove their devotion, and there was no response. When it was Elijah's turn, he first saturated the sacrifice with precious water and then simply called on the covenant God of Israel to let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. Answer me that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their heart back. The fire of God fell. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Before the day was done, the prophets of Baal were dead and the drought had ended. Even after that remarkable moment, Ahab and Jezebel attempted to kill Elijah and continued to pursue their rebellious ways. They would not listen to multiple prophets bringing messages from God and eventually both died violent deaths. After the confrontation on Mount Carmel, still under pressure from Ahab and Jezebel, Elijah was spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted and discouraged. He thought he was the only one faithful to God. God met him on a mountain, provided physical refreshment, and spoke powerfully to encourage Elijah. There are still 7,000 in Israel who have not bowed the knee to Baal and gave him instruction for the next stage of his ministry. Elijah continued to faithfully serve the Lord until he commissioned Elisha. Elisha was successor to Elijah as prophet of God to Israel, whose ministry was often marked by miracles. Elisha had become Elijah's protege, in much the same way that Joshua had to Moses. Just before Elijah was taken to heaven, he and Elisha came to the Jordan River. Elijah rolled up his cloak, hit the water with it, and the water parted so they walked through on dry ground. <laughs> on the other side, he asked Elisha to name a request before he left. Elisha asked, Please, let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. Elijah said that if Elisha saw him go into heaven, that request would be granted. Elisha did see Elijah go to heaven in a chariot of fire. He picked up the cloak that had dropped from Elijah's shoulders, rolled it up, hit the Jordan River with it so the waters parted, and he walked through on dry ground. So from this point, Elisha's public ministry was marked by miracles. There was a provision for a widow's poverty with the multiplication of the oil, the raising of a child from the dead, the purifying of a poisoned stew, the healing of Naaman from leprosy, the recovery of a borrowed axe head from a river. Even after Elisha died, a man was raised from the dead when his body touched Elisha's bones. Elisha called Israel to trust and serve God, mostly by pointing out God's strength on their behalf and helping them battle enemies. One time the king of Syria sent an army with horses and chariots to seize him. Elisha's servants saw them and was terrified. Elisha said, Do not be afraid. And those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. He prayed for the Lord to strike the Syrian soldiers blind and to led them to the king of Israel. He opened their eyes, fed them a feast, and sent them home. The Syrians never attacked again. Even with the spiritual leadership of prophets like Elijah and Elisha, the descent of Israel under wicked and apostate kings continued at a rapid pace. Meanwhile, in Judah, there were a few more faithful kings who emerged to lead. Asa, 
who reigned 41 years, was described as one whose heart was wholly true to the Lord all his days. And his son Jehoshaphat was mostly the same way, courageous in the ways of the Lord. But Jehoshaphat's son married King Ahab and Jezebel's daughter and brought that idolatry to Judah as well. Several more kings of Judah followed the same path. The result of this godless leadership was that they abandoned the house of the Lord, the God of their fathers, and served the Asherim and the Isles. And wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for this guilt of theirs. Yet he sent prophets among them to bring them back to the Lord. These testified against them, but they would not pay attention. One of the prophets the Lord sent was Joel, who made sure they understand that a plague of locusts they were experiencing was an act of judgment by the Lord. He pleaded with the people to repent and assured them the Lord would show mercy and do good. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. God promised restoration and that all his people would be filled with his presence and power. All this was ultimately fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. But in this time, they kept walking away from God.